0: On this week's episode of Polk and Kush, we start digging deep into the big stuff regarding the New Orleans Pelicans, the support of the city, and what the long-term future of the franchise is here, entering their 20th season in the city. We also get into the Saints' return for minicamp. We've got some fresh quotes to talk about. We've got overrated, we've got underrated, we got college baseball, we've got the dumbest tweets imaginable, and we've got the sewerage and waterboard. Ladies and gentlemen, you will not want to miss this week's episode of Hope.
1: And
0: guys, everyone to your Poke and Cush Poke and Poke and It is Thursday, June ninth, 2021 And Mr. Andrew it's officially pool season in New Orleans.
1: Have you been uh, swimming laps? What are you doing?
0: Swimming laps. It hit the high 80s. I'm taking the kids, and I'm saying, no more parks. We're finding pools.
1: We're pool people now. You're taking them to the Ace Hotel. You're taking them to the Country Club. (laughs) All the good kid-friendly pools around town. Uh my neighbors, they had a pool, it got stolen. Somebody just dug it up and <laughs> <laughs> that probably did happen at Definitely, some point. Yeah. Um sincerely my upstairs neighbor has a big kitty pool that he puts That's awesome. right outside of my window <laughs> at six AM every Saturday morning.
0: <laughs> Does labs like Jim Carrey and <laughs>
1: He did invite me to it, so I feel like that's okay. I will be joining him this weekend. Where's the hot pool? Where do we go?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, anywhere you can find one. The, the This is when the pool people become very popular is uh, around this time of the year. It's just freaking hot. And, you know, I feel like we, we, we staved it off for a long time. Like, we got May in yeah. a nice weather, yeah. and now it's just... It's June, and it's going to be hot until October. So settle in,
1: everybody. Brutal out there. (laughs) Settle the F in. I I had a stroke of luck. I no longer work at the uh, warehouse that didn't have air conditioning. (sighs) It was brutal. And, you know, I'm a sensitive baby. I have sensitive skin. (laughs) I was leaving that place looking like fucking Godzilla every day. But now I've upgraded. I like that I just have a job now that has, like, breaks and air. And yeah. I'm like, I'm fucking living the life, baby. It's incredible! You're like,
0: a sink. Wow. A functioning <laughs> sink. The toilet flushes. This is unbelievable. Man. Uh But congratulations on your new gig. Thanks. You can always find Mr. Andrew Polk now just, you know, jonesing around like the Mr. Peanut. He's got a monocle in. He's living the high life yeah. at this point.
1: Living it, drinking it, swimming in it. <laughs> You're crushing got, it i i've heard the Oshner pool is the place to go yeah is that founded in i've never heard that Oshner? like the hospital yeah they have pools that you can go to like big olympic pools
0: like at the fitness center the Riley center used to have a really big pool when i was a member there the jcc is a big big pool for the uh the uptown elites i can't
1: get in there yeah
0: <laughs> Uh, That's a good kid-friendly place. But, yeah, basically, any place with water that will wear your kids out uh, is essentially where I'm headed right now because it's going to be a long one. Uh, And speaking of a long one, uh, we've got a lot of months until the Pelicans do uh, meaningful basketball again. There are a lot of key dates that are coming up, though. We've got the draft lottery that's coming up pretty soon. I think it's within the next two weeks. Then, of course, the draft and then free agency, uh, summer league, And then the season starts, which they haven't really nailed it down, but it should be, you know, late October again. I think they're going to go back to a normal schedule. And in it, uh, we've got some dead time here. And I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to kind of take a step back and talk about something we really haven't gotten into, even though it's a topic both of us care about, which is basically uh, how do the Pelicans, you know, in a time like this, especially if you can really feel how dead this team is to this market, right? just how yeah. completely irrelevant they are to the city as a whole when the games aren't on.
1: Yeah, and that's something that doesn't immediately happen when the Saints season is over. Yeah, You know, the flags stay up for a little while. People talk about it for a long time. Yeah. And specifically, people are talking about the Saints' next move right now. Yeah, There's exciting stuff with the quarterbacks. No one is uttering a breath about the Pelicans. No, And that speaks very largely to the culture gap between the pelicans and the fans in new orleans yeah what causes that gap why it's there how can you possibly fix it and can you yeah, and that is
0: really the 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 biggest question i think when the benson organization bought it and they actually told me this which i, I think they regretted telling me this cuz almost the, certainly it's like the quiet part said out loud a little bit uh they thought they could basically take their giant waiting list of saint season ticket holders and transfer 20% of those into Pelican season tickets. They'd sell eleven to twelve thousand season tickets. They'd be in good shape and ready to go. And instead, they found out very much the hard way that the two fan bases don't really intersect no. to the point to the level that most people do. The Saints are a regional fan base with real people who care very deeply about the week in, week out results of the team. Uh, and just they 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 are a part of the wife culturally here uh, and i think what they discovered when they had the pelicans was is mostly for a lot of people it is literally just a night out yep uh it's something to do uh, and at the same time does not really expand beyond the greater New Orleans metro at all if you can even say it covers all of the greater New Orleans metro which it probably doesn't
1: yeah, uh, well, you know the Saints are set up a little bit better, regardless of timeline or franchise winning history. Yeah, just Sunday games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, seventeen, eighteen games. That's an event. People come from Mississippi. People come from Alabama. They yep. come from North Louisiana. That's a thing, as you said, Pelicans. That's a date night. Yeah, that's a hey. Here's a thing. It's bowling. Yeah, the Pelicans <laughs> is bowling. The Pelicans is karaoke. And they have it set up very nice. Like, it is set up to be a very fun night out. Yeah. But that very fun night out does not result in anything other than going, yeah, I went to a Pelicans game a few years ago. Yeah. There's no brand loyalty because there's no hook within the team to get people. Mm -hmm. Zion, we saw a cusp of what could have been with uh, draft day, NBA draft day, on Fulton Alley. People Mm -hmm. are falling out of the windows. People are making their own Zion t-shirts because they're selling out. And that lasted for four months. Yeah, at most. Five months. Yeah. And uh, the pandemic did not help, but it did not help anybody. No. Uh, It did not hurt the Saints uh, fandom to that level as it seems to the Pelicans. And uh, where does that begin? Is it because the Pelicans and the Hornets are, are... historically not winners. Yeah, that definitely, doesn't help, but
0: I think the biggest myth and the biggest misconception here is that they're a new team. They're not. They've no. been here 20 years starting next season. I get maybe is it next. Yeah. I think it's next season is their 20th season. Now I guess one and a half of those or two of those were in Oklahoma city. Uh, but they moved to new Orleans in 2002. Uh I was in high school and I am now an old ass man, <laughs> you know, a bald old guy. They've been around a minute. Uh, they've had many iterations. They've had a lot of different uniforms and teams. They've been in two different conferences. There hasn't been a lot of continuity. So it feels then you know, obviously, you know, Pelicans, Hornets, like for that reason, it doesn't feel like they're an established brand. Uh, and so it doesn't feel like there have been something that's been here for 20 years. But I can promise you, by 1987 or whatever it was with the Saints, they were a big goddamn deal in the city. Yeah, it without, didn't take 20 years for it to become a big deal.
1: It also did not take them being winners. No, the they were terrible. <laughs> the Saints were terrible. Yeah, and there was some unity around that. Maybe again, it's just the fact that it's football. It's an it's an event. Maybe yeah. Louisiana has more ties to football through colleges. But that's kind of bullshit too. Yeah, because Louisiana has a, an incredible history of basketball. Yeah, including LSU, which would be you know the 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 starting point for the football argument. LSU has had a very good basketball history as well, mm-hmm. including one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Three of them. Yeah, they have three of the top fifty. Yeah, Stanley Robinson, <laughs> Mahmoud abdul ralph Would you, be Bob Pettit? And
0: Shaq and Pete Maravich. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty solid. Like you know, you've had players come through that program, and you've had a history of basketball. I mean, when when you and I were growing up, here basketball was a big deal in Louisiana. Like Tulane sold out routinely. UNO was was a top twenty five team. They were really good. La Tech was a big deal, especially on the women's side. LSU was like with Shaq and all that. I mean, it was a Dale Brown was a huge deal, and now it feels like basketball almost doesn't exist. Uh, no one gives a shit about any of the colleges. Maybe an LSU is like going to win the sec. And outside of that, they are not a topic on a daily basis here. Uh, And, and you end up with the Pelicans are kind of, you know, the, the the second banana franchise in new Orleans. And it, 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 for stretches, it starts to feel like it matters because they, there's a lot in the calendar where there's not going on. But when you step back and you get into this part of the year and you're like, man, No one cares. I mean, no one one. is talking about them. A couple guys on Twitter, and that's pretty much it. Otherwise, they really don't exist. And that is not the case in other markets of this size. The San Antonio, Salt Lake City, you know, those Sacramento, even like those places where they haven't, even the ones that haven't won a lot, they care about their team significantly more than this city cares about the pelicans and i don't know why
1: yeah you have to wonder i feel like the pelicans are actually doing everything that they can yeah outside of the team itself to make this marketable and to make it fun Mm -hmm. and it is not working it's fun to go to the smoothie king center it's easy to get there it's relatively affordable and they they have a great setup as far as if you're taking someone that has never watched a basketball game Everyone that goes there has a good time. Yeah.
0: It's certainly like it's not, you know, if you're, lose, like if you're losing the Saints game, everyone is miserable right. and wants to kill themselves. That is not the case at Smoothie King Center. It's basically, you know, they're playing games. They're doing yeah. all sorts of stuff. You it's,
1: see Red Panda kick yeah. the bulls on her head. You go play whack-a-mole with Josh Hart. People are having fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is interesting to walk around that arena. It almost feels like it's set up like a restaurant where it's not really about anything else other than the night that you're currently in. There's almost nothing that would explain that a basketball game has ever been played before the night you arrive. No. There's no jerseys in the rafters. There's no highlights of old games. There's no this date in Pelicans history. None of that exists. The team essentially could have started the day you walked into the building the
1: the history there is high school jerseys from all over the state yeah that's the only thing they have
0: there's like a little trophy case with like the first game ball that's ever played you know that was played and a couple pictures of like the jazz playing at loyola Fieldhouse. and you gotta look pretty hard to find that thing (laughs) and that's it otherwise like you go to any other arena and even the superdome there is a very serious draw to the history of the team and like we said like This is not a new franchise. This is a 20-year-old franchise, and there is
1: nothing about anything that's ever happened prior to that day. It's not... I don't think it's really, like, the media's fault for people not giving a shit about the Pelicans. Yeah. The Pelicans are in the local media really as much as they can be without beating a dead horse. I mean, like, blogs right now and podcast are are grasping at straws. Yeah. But when you want the news and when there is something to talk about, you can get it. Mm-hmm. It's on the front page of nola.com, mm-hmm. it's on Twitter, it's very rarely in large market stuff like ESPN or Yeah uh, anything along that sort. But neither is it for the other teams. Right. There's no Memphis yeah. on the front page of ABC Sports. Exactly. There's no Sacramento so it's it, it seems like it's mostly just a cultural difference.
0: It is, and, and you can feel that cultural difference not only in the way the Saints are, but like just going to a bar, which I think that's like one of the biggest complaints that I always get from random people who are Pelicans fans. And they're like, It's so frustrating to care about this team and you walk into what is supposed to be like a sports bar, somewhere in Magazine Street, for example a place that's less than three miles from the arena, you know, it's a lot of times and you walk in and it's the middle of the second quarter of a regular season game and not a single person who's working there has, or who's sitting in the, in the, in the bar has any clue that a game is going on. It doesn't exist. It's as if they're just, you know, there's just this team. They happen to wear new Orleans across their chest, but there's no tie. There's no connection. Like and it's gotten to the point where like, you've been it's been this way for such a long time i have a hard time seeing it change like what would have to change for you to be able to walk in like our sponsor who we love here Elon oak makes it a point to say we put the pelicans on tv most places you go don't have to do that. They don't right. have to say we put the Saints on TV. Everyone knows you put the Saints on TV. Right. If you
1: say you put <laughs> the Saints on TV, that's a big draw in another state. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a huge yeah. bar in Missouri. Exactly. The basketball, I, I mean, Ale is is great about it. There's a few other places. A but small for, handful. For the most part, uh, it's not even just the Pelicans, I don't think, because yesterday— I was at a bar surprise uh-huh <laughs> and somebody had to ask to put on uh, the the Hawks Sixers game which obviously it's not a market for either of those teams really but
0: it's still but the that's playoffs the yeah the
1: biggest sporting event yeah. they they changed the channel off of women's softball on ESPN <laughs> yeah. just cuz it's on ESPN the you know there there is not intrinsically a culture linked to sports here other than the Saints and I think that is uh it's exacerbated by going into a bar and they're like, Yeah, we just put on ESPN because that's where sports are. Yeah. It's like nobody's watching Old Miss softball. No. <laughs>
0: Nobody cares about this. But they don't. But it, like you said, it's just not top of mind to the average person going about their day. They're like, Oh, yeah, the playoffs are this time of year. I got to put on TNT every night. It's like, No, that's just. No one really cares. Now, they'll care about the NFL playoffs. They'll make sure they have that on. And I do wonder, like, this weekend with LSU playing in the Super Regionals, uh, will that be something that, you know, strikes that chord? And I do think if the Pelicans were in the playoffs consistently. If they were routinely, you know, fighting for a top seed, if the games carried uh, more significance, then maybe it would feel different. Uh, but it has now been so long and they are, are they are bad so often that it's
1: the sample size is very large, this isn't changing right. And the the last time that we really saw an event for the pelicans, it was it was uh, the bubble, which there weren't a ton of choices no. to go and see these, but there were a few places that were saying, hey, we're showing the Pelicans because they're doing something yeah. significant. Yeah. The Pelicans don't do something significant very often. And how many games did they have on that were nationally televised last year? Something crazy. Like it was 14 or 15. I
0: think it was more than that. Yeah. I mean, if you include NBA
1: TV, it was yeah. a ton. And that is not an event because the team stinks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Like It's just. So, I, you know, maybe we're answering the question here. Is it but the, like, I guess the the the
0: bottom line is like, is it as simple as, hey, if they were to be, as good as Portland is, or as good as Memphis is right now, you know, like not a, or Indiana, you know, like one of those teams. I'm not saying obviously if they were a championship level or fighting for the Western Conference final, I think they would obviously be a big deal here. I don't think that would take the you know, I don't think that's a big leap to take to say that people would jump on a bandwagon like that. However, if they were just good, just like a solid, good team, which is probably the realistic ceiling that they have on an annual basis, uh, I still don't know if anyone would give a shit. And I think that's that's probably the most damning statement you can actually make about the market right now.
1: Well, it's just been hard because there's been almost no sample given of consistency. Never. there, You know, a bandwagon is not... For four months a season, a yeah. bandwagon has to be at least like a season and a half to get going, because <laughs> yeah. people aren't going to tune in for twenty four games and claim to be a huge fan. No, unless the stakes are high enough that that fans like that would would give a fuck. Yeah, a, you know, it's not Golden State. Yeah,
0: you got to get to the next year.
1: Yeah, or at least have consistency in the nine eight seed area. The yeah. Pelicans have not done that, so. It's incredibly hard to say.
0: Yeah. So, because,
1: like, let's think of the playoff
0: history. The Chris Paul, there was, you know, the first two years, which they had good crowds. I still wouldn't say it was a huge deal. I, I was young. I don't really remember it all that much. I was mostly, you know, smoking cigarettes in bars. That was basically yeah. what I was doing then. Um, but then moving from, like, that era, the Baron Davis era, to the Chris Paul era, uh, with Oklahoma City in between. The, the Chris Paul thing definitely lit a match uh, that that season was huge that was my first year back in New Orleans after college. That was a huge thing. They were everywhere. And uh, that was a big deal. And it, and it felt like they carried real momentum into the next season, which then they lost by 58 points in the playoffs. And they were really badly injured and they fell off pretty quickly. And then I don't think they made the playoffs again the next year. Or maybe they did, they lost in the first round to the Lakers. It was one of those. And then Chris Paul left. And then since then, they've been to the playoffs. They got Anthony Davis, which felt like it was going to be a really big deal. But they went to the first round and got swept. Uh, and, then, and that was only one really good half a season in there. And then the next time they went to the playoffs, they had another good half a season. They weren't good the whole year. They had a good half a season that made the playoffs. And they won in the first round, and it became a big deal. When they swept Portland, that it, it picked up. But then they lost in five games to Golden State, and it was over. And then the next year, they sucked again. So it was like they've never been able to carry it forward to where you can build any real uh, – any ride any wave for a prolonged period of time to say like, okay, this group of people here are the Pelicans fans you can actually bring in just by winning. We still don't know what that really is.
1: Yeah, and it's a lot of their, you know, do it big. Obviously, involved Demarcus Cousins, yeah, who got injured in that season where they swept the team, and that probably took the wind out of a lot of casual fan sales. Yeah. So anytime the Pelicans even have a chance to get bandwagon fans or get a city behind it, injuries. Or baffling losses. <laughs> yeah. Just sweep the leg out from under them. Are they a little unlucky? Yeah, they are. Yeah. But most NBA teams are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: true. I mean, there's everyone's
0: got injured. I mean, but there's it's very hard to win at a high level. We know this. Uh and I guess the brass tacks of all of this, the the bottom line argument is like, is this team sustainable here for the long term? And if they lose zion anytime in the next couple of years i think it's going to that that feasibility argument which really has been dormant since tom benson bought them and certainly since gail benson's been operating because there's been zero threats of moving there's constant threats of moving before they bought it but that feasibility thing once i if zion is to leave uh before kind of playing seven eight years here I think it would be very
1: difficult to get people back on board. I think it becomes. Very Are you the only sample point you need? <laughs> yeah, three Hall of Famers you're, walking out the door. You're you not know? gonna. You're not gonna sit through that, and I. I don't think I would. Yeah, I sincerely do not think you'd show up for a game. Yeah, but I that would. would be it. I'd have a great time. Yeah, I'd watch Mini Beyonce at halftime. <laughs> I'd drink seven hundred Faubourgs, and then I'd ride the streetcar home. <laughs> yeah, have a be blast. It.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and outside of a pretty loyal, a small but loyal faction, I think that would be challenging. Where we're at as far as what to make of this team, and I don't want to be like the they're screwed forever, they're gonna move, etc. I think they could certainly become more of a cultural linchpin. They are the people of this city are extremely fortunate that Gail Benson owns this team, uh, who is not you know trying to maximize every single dollar that she has in these assets. Uh, and not threatening to move them and not trying to bend the state over the barrel like there's a lot of way this could be a lot worse for the position that the city is in and the state is in uh, but it's going to get to a point where if this thing has to start catching on at a higher level like it just isn't feasible yeah. otherwise. and uh, I think that this is now a very critical juncture this team needs to get good and they need to to build a real, uh, loyal following around it. And I think this offseason and keeping Zion happy and doing all of these things are so critically important to the future of this franchise that it is uh, hard to overstate it.
1: This is, uh, without hyperbole, the most important offseason for the Pelicans, probably in team history. <laughs> Yeah, because I would have
0: said that before Anthony Davis left. Yeah. That offseason was obviously incredibly important, and then they got the number one pick the next year. <laughs> so
1: yeah, you know, for me to say much. that the team is unlucky is is not correct. The team is quite lucky. Yeah. Uh, are they going to be stupid with their luck? That remains to be seen. Yeah. The Pelicans have to add skill players now. Mm-hmm. They cannot uh, develop internally. Nope. They have to add a third piece. Yeah.
0: It's, it's not going to be
1: Lonzo. No. It's not going to be Nikhil. No. It's not going to be Eric Bledsoe. No. No. They need to
0: go get a player who's going to put them over the hump, and they have to be good next season. And it's really hard to overstate that. Like, it went from being very little pressure to an absurd amount of pressure in a very short amount of time. So it doesn't feel like it's quite real. Um, but all the stuff we're talking about is like an opaque kind of, uh, you know. It, when you talk about the city at large and the support for the franchise at large, those things are hard to quantify. Uh, But when you talk about what it could mean if things go the wrong direction here and the cascading dominoes that are possible, that's pretty clear. Uh, And it's pretty obvious how bad things can get. And it is uh, of critical importance that they fix it now. And I think that if they were good for a prolonged period of time, that it would be a thing that people did give a crap about more than just
1: showing up to the game that night. I think so, too. And being good is seven or eight seed. You know, it doesn't take a lot for teams like this. Yeah. And that's the question, right? Is like, is that enough? And I I think, you know, we've been skeptical, but like, do you think that's enough? I think it's enough for the established fans. If you want to grow, if you want to sell season tickets when yeah. there's not a sign in there, no, mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah. But this team is so short-term that you can't look at it like that. Yeah. To talk about are the Pelicans going to be here in five years, a lot depends on that. Sure. The most important thing for this team right now, besides being a good team... Is keeping the few fans left happy and keeping the few All Star players <laughs> left happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, the
1: Pelicans are going to have to become people pleasers uh, as far as the team goes and as far as the fans go, and yeah. that's really the bottom line. Yeah, and and we don't want to
0: say that this team is packing up moving to Seattle. They're not. I mean, Gail Benson has given zero I didn't indica- say Seattle. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just saying, Gail Benson has given zero indication. Uh, I I. I there? I think you'll start hearing rumors of trying to get a new arena and those types of things. I mean, the timeline on it lines up. There's been enough, you know, talk amongst other sources uh, to say that those kinds of things, whether it be a major, major renovation or a new arena. It's a 20-year-old arena now, 21-year-old arena, I think. Uh, the timelines are all sort of coming together Uh there's going to be a shit or good off the pot kind of moment coming up for this team. Uh, credits, everybody involved. Who's not, you know, using threatening language and not ever. I mean, the Benson people have never said if we don't sell X tickets, if we don't get X television ratings, we're, you know, selling the team. And that's the easy thing for them to do. They, they have not done it. Uh, I have a lot of problems with them in a lot of different ways, but for that, I give them a lot of credit Uh, This is a time to strike, though, and this is a conversation I think needs to happen uh, and that people need to understand exactly where this team stands and from a wide part of you. And sorry if it was a bummer uh, to those of you who are (laughs)
1: listening to it. Most of your problems with the Benson stem from her foiling your carjacking attempt. That's a valid point. Yes, yes. And and killing my dog.
0: (laughs) (laughs) when you got my dog euthanized that was tough uh uh but yeah i i i i think this is a conversation that needs to happen and we'll get into a whole bunch of other stuff we got plenty of saints news we got segments uh we got a lot going on but i did think that was a topic that needs to be covered and we are going to get into some you know high level pelican stuff is a good time to do it Uh, With not much else going on. So stick around. We'll be right back. we got a whole lot more to talk about right here on Polk and Kush.
1: Beautiful weather out. What do you want to do more than get one of 30 beers on tap? Sit on a spacious outside patio, but it's in the shade, so it's cool. Oh, yeah. You don't have to ask him to put a TV on sports. It's already on it. We've seen Tulane there. We've seen LSU, baseball, football, basketball, dress. You don't have to ask them. They know what's on. Yeah. They put it on for the locals. Ale, it's where the locals drink in Uptown.
0: It's beautiful. It's beautiful people. It's beautiful bartenders. It's beautiful drinks and beautiful glassware. And a beautiful night. If you want to go have a couple of drinks with friends or if you want to have a huge night out and really get after it,
1: you could do all of it on Ale on Oak, Ale on Oak. You can get after it, too, because they have a full menu. If you, oh, that's true. you know, you've just been eating goldfish crackers all day, <laughs> beer two or beer three, you're like, uh oh, they've got a full menu and it's really good stuff, too. They've got boudin. They've got bratwurst. It's like a legit restaurant. Oh, yeah. like You think of it as just a
0: bar because it's got 30 beers on tap and it's like a cool place to hang out and all that stuff. It's like, no, man, you can get like a real dinner there, which uh, is very hard to find in this city. Fully staffed
1: kitchen. They bring it to the table. Full service. They have workers. No bar in New Orleans has anybody (laughs) working at it right now. (laughs) Ale on Oak is such a great place to work. You're going to have a great time if you go.
0: Everybody go to Ale on Oak. Have some beers. Tell them you listen to Polk and Kush and hang out. You're going to love it. We
1: gay-ron-tee it. Yeah. Yeah. That'll keep us from getting sued from men's warehouse by changing (laughs) their slogan slightly. 8124 Oak Street, New Orleans, Uptown. Go see it. I've been going there quite a bit recently. So if you want to hang out with Polk, you know where to go. That might not be the greatest. (laughs) It's not going to get people in the door. Might not. If you want to fight Polk. Oh, tail on. Oak. You can punch him in the stomach. That's his department.
0: Yep. That's um. a sponsor, everybody. So that takes us into uh, our Saints news for the week. And it actually is.
1: Oh, Yeah, there's to, some Saints stuff going on. It's
0: starting to pick up. They had a three day mini camp this week, so there was some media availability. Uh, not a ton happened. That was terribly, uh, crazy or anything, but I did think it was good to hear from Taysom. It was good to hear from Jameis Winston. Uh, you're starting to get an idea of exactly what these guys want to do. Uh, a couple little nuggets to start with, uh, Ryan Ramchick, who I guess his deal is coming up after next season, I would say he's the Saints' best offensive lineman, uh, and he said he is not going to hold out but is in the middle of contract negotiations right now. So that is good that he's not going to hold out. That probably means a lot for the Saints with a new quarterback to not lose their best tackle.
1: So he'll be going to the training camps. He's not going to be doing that Antonio Brown shit. He'll be there. He is the most underrated Saints player.
0: Yeah, probably, because no one really knows how to spell his name. No, Chicken. There's like a bunch of consonants in a row. Yeah. There's a Y and a Z. There's all sorts
1: of things. I work. mean, we can't even say Justin Herbert's name right. So <laughs> sure. uh, Get some consonants, then we'll talk.
0: But it is important uh, that he's you know not going to hold out. I think they will give him a boatload of money. I think he is on that list. Um, speaking of money, uh, Marshawn Lattimore restructured his contract, freed about $7 million dollars to sign some draft picks. The Saints signed all of their picks. Uh, I don't know how they're doing anything with the cap at this point. I don't understand how the cap works. Uh, But they did push some money around for Lattimore, which probably is a good sign as far as – keeping him for the long term. I think it also is like, hey, dipshit, uh, if you're going to get arrested in the offseason, we're going to have to do some stuff to, uh, to, to figure all this out and give ourselves a little leeway in case you're suspended for half a season or the whole season.
1: Yeah, we still haven't heard anything about the uh, ramifications of him getting caught with a gun in yeah. Ohio. Yeah. Fourth degree felony. They said it was. Wow, right? oh, man, I've gotten caught with a gun in Ohio before. They <laughs> told me to be careful. It's a stolen gun. And Yeah. (laughs) Genius. I kept the receipt. (laughs) Uh,
0: I mean, pretty ridiculous. Uh, But,
1: you know, separate the art from the artist. I'm still (laughs) (laughs) going to.
0: Yeah, oh, God. He's wearing a, a. you know gold helmet and he's making an interception on his butt again against the falcons sure. i don't care like yeah do yeah. what you want man now if he had shot someone with the stolen gun we'd have a different conversation but for now it's like yeah you just did something stupid it doesn't make you a bad
1: person. and it benefited the team overall 7 million dollars is going to go along yeah. with this team you
0: can get some draft picks in which i don't know how they would have done otherwise um
1: keeping so with the which saints player needs to get caught with a gun over the next couple months, to keep the <laughs> savings rolling in. PJ Williams, <laughs> let's do he it. He probably doesn't make enough money, actually. <laughs> Anders Pete, can they? Can Anders Pete just
0: reckless homicide? You know, like just hit someone? Someone for the good of the team, jump in front of Anders Pete's car.
1: They're gonna. They're gonna Wadesley gonna...
0: leaves a restaurant after he's had a couple cocktails and jump in front of his car. And we could, we'll all be so much happier. I feel
1: like this is going to fall on my shoulders. I'm going to be the guy <laughs> slipping and falling at Starbucks for the Saints. <laughs> you know, like uh, the guy that Shooter McGavin hired. John yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. But it's going to be suspicious when I get run over by the car and I'm wearing a Saints helmet. <laughs> like, oh, no, I'm just a big fan. Then full pads the bulletproof blipper <laughs> vest. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I think Andrew Speed is definitely the one where everyone goes like, ah, why does he make that much money? Everybody hates him, and he's terrible. He's and... going to get
1: caught with a whoopee cushion. <laughs> and then we'll...
0: He's, uh, I mean, God, he's the worst. Um,
1: now, uh, people have been saying breakout season. I think it might be Callaway. A lot of people are saying Traquan Smith. Yeah, Traquan talked today. Uh, listen to this quote. Tell me if
0: you've ever heard this from a Saints receiver in the last 16 years. We talked about it a lot. Jameis told me, listen, when I've got the ball, whatever you do, don't stop running because I'm looking forward to stretching the ball. So please don't stop running. So, wow, not exactly Drew Brees. (laughs) Train one is also not used to that. No, no, no. The idea of like, hey, if you're 50 yards down the field, that's fine. I'm gonna throw the ball to you fifty yards down the field. He's gonna we're... throw it to someone. Yeah 50 yards. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He will try <laughs> to throw it straight once. I believe the a... distance. Yeah. I think
1: yeah. it'll be in the region.
0: Yeah, that it will go the right amount of yards. What part of the field it lands on is a very different question. Uh, but yeah, the the Saints have not had someone who could take the top off a of defense. I mean, even in Brees' best years, he was not throwing the ball 50, 55 yards in the air. That was not happening the way Patrick Mahomes kind of flicks his wrists and does. Uh, I think that will help tremendously this receiving core, which has been beleaguered. Uh, Michael Thomas has benefited a lot because he doesn't really go deep all that much. Uh, and he's so good at those underneath routes which Breeze was just incredible at. So I think his lines will suffer a little bit, but I do think the rest of those guys will probably benefit from the idea that they can you know, occasionally stretch a free safety an extra 20 yards and what they could do with Breeze there.
1: It's also not the end of the world if Michael Thomas's numbers suffer because he doesn't want to be here. No, that's probably no. true. <laughs> He didn't seem terribly thrilled about what was going on last. you didn't get a fight at practice. or You yeah. know, that that's going to hurt his trade value. I don't think Michael Thomas will be here in a season or two. And, yeah, that will hurt his numbers. But the Saints have managed to get by. And, uh, you know, hopefully it, it's very cool to talk about Jameis throwing the ball yeah. 50 yards to somebody who may or may not be able to catch it. <laughs> yeah. If they're able to catch it, then let's see what happens. Yeah, You don't have to hold on to the the NFL evolves so quickly particularly with receivers mm-hmm. that kind of puts anybody out there and see what
0: happens yeah just i i do think it will just the saints will i mean automatically they'll look a lot different with number 9 not back a quarterback right. i think this week has been weird without breeze back there's like doing all this availability and you know dot seeing breeze's name come up is just strange uh but i do think watching Someone like Jameis Winston, you know, uncork a a 50, 60-yard pass uh, is like an exciting wrinkle to have back on this team that we haven't seen in a long
1: time. Yeah, if the team's, you know, going to be split down the middle, let's have some fun with it. Uh, One fun player from two seasons ago, not very fun last season, Taysom Hill. He uh, remarked that he would have done some things differently last season. Meaning that he listens to Polk and Cush. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he went three and one as quarterback. Isn't that amazing? Fantastic. And he had some
0: good games in there, like what he was, you know, as as the Swiss Army knife role. But, uh, yeah, he he very clearly, his footwork was kind of weird. His mechanics were bizarre. Like, he was not ready for that position, and he got... Yeah, they played the Broncos when they were playing essentially a garbage man, yeah. a quarterback. He played the Falcons when they just sucked ass. They played some pretty bad teams. And in the there.
1: defense was tearing it up. The defense yes, they were, is the reason why they were rolling. those games were, were uh going the Saints way. Taysom, let's give it another chance. Yeah. I I mean I think it's good. He said basically, you know, I
0: didn't have. A, I wasn't that good last year. Like he recognized that, even yeah. though he went three and one, that's not like a real ringing endorsement of his ability to take the and win the starting job over Jameis Winston.
1: Yeah, you know, maybe he can win the starting job over Adam Troutman. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like if he doesn't win the starting job, they're just going to use him again the same Taysom Hill way, right? I would think so. I'm sure there's still going to be those wink wink cutesy Sean Payton plays where they put him in at quarterback. And of yeah. course, they take a knee and try and get <laughs> them offside. They, they did that same shit with Breeze. Yeah. Fucking yeah. The line Winston out wide and he won't move. And yeah, the whole
0: thing. Uh, I just don't think, even though he's like the primary backup quarterback, and probably, I guess he's really the only backup quarterback, that they'll still, they're not just going to like protect him. Like he's going to play. Even if he doesn't win the starting job,
1: they signed the guy from Notre Dame. Oh,
0: that's right. Yeah, that'd be good. If Ian Book is the. If Taysom Hill gets hurt playing, you know, punt gunner, and then uh, Jameis Winston gets hurt getting mauled by someone Andrews Pete was supposed to block, and <laughs> then you bring in Ian Book to. Ian uh, Book makes you look like Minute Bull. <laughs> He's
1: fucking five foot two.
0: <laughs> oh man. Uh yeah, it's uh it'll be an interesting season. Uh this is an interesting mini camp. It's all it's just good to hear from Saints players again. I think that is uh that's good. So that'll take us uh real quickly through the Saints news. Do you want to call this Polk News? What do you want to call this? We're just going to talk nah, a little college baseball. this is not baseball. Polk News. Okay.
1: There's uh you know, Tech didn't make it out of the regional. They lost to North Carolina State. Damn shame. Those Goons. The Polk and Kush College baseball update. Uh did, how much did you watch? Any of it? I watched some of it. I okay. watched I watched the last two, but my friend was there and he's like, Well, the four North Carolina State fans here are happy. <laughs> I was like, uh, they had a great crowd. So I didn't realize Louisiana Tech's baseball stadium like what was ripped up in a tornado. It's completely demolished. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's completely demolished two years ago. It's a new stadium. Yeah. And so that was cool. And they call it the Love Shack. That's a great name. It is, but I don't think the people of Rustin understand the history of the B-52. I think they would be furious. (laughs) These
0: heathens. (laughs) They like to rock lobsters? These heathens. (laughs) So yeah, yeah
1: shame, shame for Tech. That's tough. Um, Old Miss squeaked by Southern Miss. Yeah, they're so that was, play Arizona.
0: Yeah, it looked like Southern Miss. That's a great rivalry of Southern Miss, Old Miss, because that's just like they're in the same state. They should, and they're both state schools. You would think they're yeah. similar, but they're like the complete
1: opposite human beings. Uh, people like to wear very short shorts at both schools, <laughs> yeah. men and women. What are they chubbies? That's what they call. Yeah, them? The, 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 a lot of
0: fishing shirts and shorts, oh, but yeah. yet everything else about them, uh, socioeconomically, is
1: very different. Probably, um, <laughs> the prescription cabinets are probably a little bit different <laughs> yeah. for, between
0: fans of both teams. The drugs of choice, you know, one one being made in a bathtub and the other one coming via plane from Columbia, slightly different. Uh, and we're not
1: saying which one's. Well, no, no, yes, you've got to figure that. Yes,
0: out. yes. Um, As far as some other regionals, uh, LSU, obviously the the biggest story here. Uh, The Tigers' pulmonary announces he's going to retire. And sure enough, they are about, what, they were in extra innings with Central Connecticut with his career about to end uh, in Eugene, Oregon. I couldn't imagine a more, like, anonymous way to go out. And sure enough, uh, LSU Pulls it off in extra innings, and they win the next three games after that, beating Gonzaga and Oregon twice, and they are on to the Super Regionals. Uh, the first time they've advanced, not as a host, in something like like 20 years. It's some crazy number uh, since they advanced out of a regional that wasn't in Baton Rouge.
1: And they are going to Knoxville, is that correct?
0: I've heard of it. Knoxville, Tennessee, the Vols, my alma mater. Baseball uh, team. Baseball school. That's what I mean. That's what we are. Big time baseball <laughs> school because we suck at uh, everything else. So it's like people are like, it's the most expensive ticket in the history of college baseball right now on a StubHub. How much is uh, it? It's like $500 to get in this thing. Face- nothing for you. <laughs> no, of course not. Uh, face value is 90 dollars, every ticket is ninety dollars for the weekend. So it's thirty bucks a game if there's three games. Okay, that's not too which bad. is dirt cheap yeah. compared to if you could sell them for five hundred dollars in the secondary market. Why isn't everyone selling their tickets? But it seems that everyone really wants to go. It's a big thing. I don't I don't quite understand it, but It is a uh, it should be a lot of fun. This is the only way that this season for Tennessee could have ended in a bad way for me would be if they lost to LSU. Literally any other scenario, maybe if they lost to Vanderbilt, who I also don't like, that would be the only other way that this would be annoying. I'm the amount of shit talk that will come through my Twitter feed if LSU were to win this series, uh, which, you know, it's probably 50 50 toss up, whatever Uh, Tennessee's favored. But I wouldn't say it's like absurdly so. And if, uh... If that happens, it will ruin the season for me, which was an incredible season where they were unranked and then ended number three in the country. You'd be like, it's all gravy. It's all great. What an amazing season. It's like, oh, no, they lost to a shitty LSU team, and I had to take endless amounts of crap from every single person online.
1: But percentage-wise, will it be more flack against you online than normal day-to-day activity? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, will people there be give me more death threats than <laughs> usual? More people? No. I mean, people will, yeah. I mean, everybody is just going to be mean. Yeah, it's going to be the usual people being mean to you, but Just now in a different. Way. It's going to be more pointed towards Tennessee. That's true. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it'll be. I'll still be bald and short and sweaty, but yeah. I'll also support a loser. Some people say Jew. I've
0: seen that <laughs> thrown out I've seen that. there. <laughs> the epithets and uh, no no bounds. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be fun. It's a Saturday, Sunday, Monday series, so. Uh, Gird thy loins, Vol fans. We've Woo! been here before. It's uh, never easy,
1: never ever ever, and usually never fun. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. It's gonna be a disaster at Fred's in oh, Baton Rouge. God, what's the bar in Knoxville? The equivalent of Fred's there?
0: They don't really have. I mean, like Cool Beans and Old Collagen and other places like that. But like, there's not like what like LSU is the king of like the warehouse bars where there's like. There's three bars and there's two thousand people in all of and them. And everyone there works at a warehouse. Yeah. And they're all good fighting each other all the time. It's like Knoxville, there's like a hundred bars and you know, or like fifty bars. Or same with like Athens, Georgia. Like there's not in Baton Rouge is like we have four bars and they're all
1: packed yeah. like absolute crazy. Do you want to go to Walmart houses? the bar. Yeah. Walmart the bar. That's what Fred says. Exactly. Same number of fights. Yeah. Same number of toothless people. And they Uh, take food stamps.
0: I love bogeys and friends, man. It's the best. It's the best. All right. Well, that will take us into your favorite part of every single week on this here program. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: segments. Overrated. Overrated.
0: Underrated. Underrated and
1: overrated. We say underrated first, but we usually do overrated first. This is exactly what it sounds like. If something is overrated, we decry it. Something is underrated. We champion it. Yes. If you would like to send in something, you know, if you're like, hey, what do you guys think about drywall? <laughs> we could go underrate it. Yeah. It's a structural support thing. Easy to put a thumbtack in and <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully yours are better than that. <laughs> it's very
0: overrated drywall. Who needs walls these days?
1: Overrated Having a, a clock, nobody <laughs> nobody really knows what time it is. Remember that song? I, I live with the sun. All right, continue. Over, overrated for me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. AirPods. Overrated? I'm saying overrated. What? The AirPods are overrated. Okay. I don't like them in a public setting because you're talking to someone and you can't see them and oh, they're yeah. they're ignoring you. Because they're listening, you know, to fucking uh, it's raining men. I don't. Or gore. One of them. I don't. It's one or the other. There's two genders. It's raining men or gore. Or gore yes. You have to charge them in the case in the specific case. Yeah. You can't plug them in. You lose the case. They know you're going to lose it. It's a thousand dollars to get a new one. You're going to lose one of them, lefty or righty. Probably no. lefty. Mm-hmm. Can you buy just one AirPod? No. No. You've got to buy the whole pack, and then you're going to lose the other one. (laughs) Can you buy just the case? I think so. Okay. And then, like, third-party ones, they all suck. They don't sound good. I miss what I'm currently wearing. I miss the giant head. I like the Dre Beats headphones. The cans. Because you told people, like, hey, I'm listening (laughs) To Travis. Why does it always rain on me? Don't (laughs) talk to me on the bus. (laughs) This is is the ultimate it's really good just fuck you move on an airplane. (laughs) It's like in the middle of a sentence of someone and there's like, uh huh, and giant headphone. You can't do that with a little dainty nickel sized airpod. No, that is true. It is a good statement. It's too easy to lose. It's too expensive. No one can see it so you know I'm like, hey, are you are you open at Popeyes And they're listening with the <laughs> they've got the window <laughs> closed and the airpods in. Not a big fan. I like the cord too because I hate I've talked about this before Bluetooth I said Bluetooth is overrated. I like having a cord. I don't want to fucking deal with batteries. I like being connected like a human being. Yeah I uh, I didn't
0: I never thought I'd buy the airPods. I thought that was stupid. I was like oh, why would I spend? What is it? 150 bucks, 200 bucks for headphones. They give you headphones when you get the phone. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, "This seems very silly." Uh, and then, sure enough, I'm a sheep like everybody else. I ended up with a pair. I think my wife thought she lost them. She bought another pair, and then I got the old pair uh, when we found them. And then I was like, "Oh, these are awesome! I love these things, and I use them all the time, and they're great." I am a big uh, supporter of the AirPods now, all of a sudden. But mine, the battery dies. Way too quickly when you're talking on the phone. I don't know why. Is that true? Talk when you're you on do the, the phone. F-
1: you do the phone talking on the AirPods. If I'm like on a walk
0: and someone calls me, or if I want to, like I need to make a call, yeah. I will do the walk on the air on the AirPod. But the the battery dies like. Three times faster if I'm just like listening to a, a wonderful
1: podcast like book and Cush, and you can't change the batteries on them either. No, it's what it is. They're 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 out. You're killing the planet. Yeah, at least everyone's update, destroying though. the planet with these things. <laughs> Children are making them in China. You're losing them constantly. I bet they dissolve. I bet like one in every twenty <laughs> AirPods just turns to dust. So you think you've lost it. Remember the foam things that used to be in the Walkman headphones?
0: Yeah. I lost those constantly. I chewed on them too much.
1: <laughs> oh. Tinfoil and the Walkman headphone <laughs> foam. Oh, God. Uh, we would get them from Dollar Tree. Yeah? Because uh, we had one of those vans with a TV in it, and you could plug oh, nice. the headphones into the side. Uh-huh we would just buy 20 pairs at a time because we we're like, this won't even last a day. I don't know why we didn't just buy nice ones. <laughs> it's but. A, yeah, the, uh, it's like the ones in the airplane. Like, it's like, how did you develop headphones
0: that hurt your ears? <laughs> you guys intentionally did this. You know these headphones are like do not fit in any normal ear no, canal of all time. Not at it's all. Like you're punishing us for using your headphones. Uh, all right, that'll take me into my overall rated uh the hotel booking websites these things are theoretically great but there's too much information out there for someone as anal retentive and anxiety filled as me Mm -hmm. on paper it's like this is great i have all the information at my disposal i can see the ratings i can see the prices i can see the locations i have all the information this is beautiful let me just go in and bing 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 and I'll pick the best one for me. And for someone like me, who's an indecisive, uh, just total, you know, racked with nerves clown show, it's too much the pressure is too great i book a hotel the next day i'm back on there like did i make the right choice should i cancel it and look at it get a different hotel let me read all the trip advisor reviews what are these from what do the trip advisors say oh is this location where are we going that day maybe we could walk here it's only six blocks away oh but this hotel we're doing this another day that's only 10 blocks away and i end up overloading myself with information Over something that so obviously does not matter the second you get in the trip. You're like, oh, yeah, that's a bed. It's a bed (laughs) in a place where maybe I'll grab a muffin in the morning. And it doesn't really make any difference. But because there's too much information out there for people like me, uh, the anxious community needs less information. (laughs) So hotel websites just limit me. Be like, Scott. Here's three hotels, a really expensive one, a not so expensive one, and a dog shit cheap one. You pick, you have no other choices and there's nothing you can read about them. They're all going to be fine and you're not going to get murdered. <laughs> That's all I want. I want an uh, anxious person hotel site. So hotels.com
1: for the anxious. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I need. That's a great idea. I uh, I agree with you completely on the hotel websites. My experience a tad different. I was in Lafayette it was like eleven forty five at night. Mm. I needed a hotel room. I go on there midnight. That's when I'll be there, bingo bingo. Yeah. Midnight when you're booking a hotel means six AM the next day. <laughs> so I paid, you know, for the flea back in and Karen Crow. I get there and they're like, Oh, midnight, that's actually tomorrow. Uh, just wait around for so you can hang out in the lobby. Oh my god, they had no available rooms. No. Oh my Or at God. least that's what they told me. And it's really not like it yeah, I mean six you can't check in at six no. AM, so it's three PM. Yeah. So I, I paid for the hotel. I called Priceline five hundred times. <laughs> it was always some person in India, you know. Yeah. They sounded they made Apu sound like <laughs> Ned Flanders. And then they would be like, "Hi, uh, hi my name's Karen.' Yeah, exactly. it's like no, it is. <laughs> you're
0: in the middle of Bangladesh.
1: Like, like, uh, <laughs> I can hear people getting coronavirus around you. I know that you're not Karen in Des Moines, Iowa.:
0: <laughs> Oh man, But for the skittish uh, amongst us and for the, the indecisive community, yeah. we really need. I, I need I need them to limit the choices for me. I can't do this. It's like when they started putting the hotel menus on the online, and then I'm just spend I spend a day looking at hotel uh, restaurant menus, and I'm like, what am I doing here? I'm gonna order a pizza. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like, I will not care what this is. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, there's too much information out there for someone like me. It's not good for anybody. Got it. Uh, all right, what you got for oh underrated underrated
1: lucky dog.
0: Yeah? The Lucky Dog? I'm saying it's underrated. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess I was going to say, people love Lucky Dogs. I was
1: like, not really. Everyone thinks Lucky Dogs are pretty shitty, so I would say underrated, or they are probably underrated. You know what? I had a great Lucky Dog experience at a friend's wedding a couple weeks ago. They bought the Lucky Dog cart, which meant unlimited Lucky Dogs, and... Everybody's lucky dog experience is you're leaving somewhere in the French Quarter, Mm -hmm. your wife's left you, the bachelor (laughs) party's gone back to Little Rock, somebody stole your wallet out of your chubbies, Uh all you've got is pocket change, you go up to the hot dog man, you go, please just give me a hot dog, and you have one, and it gives you enough energy to go back to your hotel and fight off somebody robbing you. Yes, and then... Use the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you have unlimited lucky dogs, it does exactly what it's supposed to. I'm, you know, seven gin fizz deep. (laughs) I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I got to get on a bus later. Yeah. Unlimited lucky dogs, three of them cured me. I started doing my taxes after the third lucky dog. I tell you what, it was also a pretty damn good hot dog. It is good. That's the part that people, I would agree, is underrated. Like, everything's thinks it's a shitty hot dog because it's on the street. it's like, no, it's a very good hot dog. And it's yeah. huge. It's huge. It's like Dodger dog size. And they do the little, like, uh, like the very thin mustard yeah. lines. Onto- I like that instead of a big blob. Yeah. That's for heathens. I like the little artistic... He was a hot dog <laughs> yes. artist. Yes, this is a Jackson Pollock
0: version of a lucky dog. Uh, what is uh, what's your take on the chili situation?
1: The chili situation is fine, not after eleven beers. Yeah, that is what some would call a toilet emergency. I will, ha- if I'm having, a, no one has a hot dog for lunch. If I was having a hot dog for lunch, because I'm in kindergarten, I would get chili on it, but you can't, gotcha. you can't dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. You need you need have a very <laughs> clear bathroom plan yeah. when you order the chili and bourbon street
0: is not a bath. Not a plan. bathroom destination. No, I'm a world class bathroom hunter when mm-hmm. I travel. Uh, I understand exactly where to go. I know how to get to meeting room floors. I know how to get on know to make it look like I know where I'm going when I walk into the lobby of a hotel. You have a
1: clipboard with uh, you at I, all times. I have
0: a very, very understood Like I have a good sense for where a clean bathroom is going to be. I feel like it's one of my three best skills, is my bathroom hunting abilities. Uh, and I'm still not able. To confidently eat a chili dog on the, in the French Quarter after like 1 o'clock in the morning because you're like, I, I don't know if
1: I can get there in time. I don't know a single place to go to the bathroom in the French Quarter. House of Blues yep. was a good one. House of Blues is closed. That's true. That is closed. House of Blues was a good one. The, Felix's.
0: The Ritz is the best place to go. Yeah. You got to go up to the floor by the Davenport Lounge, though. Pretend you're walking to the front desk, and instead you scoot right off and go into the lobby. Hotel Monteleone is nice too. The hotels are mostly where you want to be. Yeah, there's one on Canal. Also, you got to go up an escalator. You just gotta you gotta hit the hotels that tends to be where the nice bathrooms are. But if you look like you don't belong at said hotel, yeah. like you couldn't afford the room rate, uh, they're not going to let you in there. So you have to act confident, put your blackout face away. And walk on up there and throw your uh, hand grenade to the side, and
1: go walk up there confidently and ask where you can get an Alka Seltzer, and then just go straight to the bathroom. You know what I think you can do too? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna pull out my Panda Express gift card and go. <laughs> I don't think this thing is working anymore. Hold on, let me go to the bathroom first. <laughs> Nothing worse than when they started asking for key swipes in
0: some of these meeting floor, meeting room floor bathrooms. Brutal. And I'm just waiting out there for somebody to open the door. <laughs> I
1: lost my key. You're diving in like Indiana Jones. <laughs> just barrel rolling through.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I like a chili dog. Uh, do they still have lucky dogs at the airport? Yeah, they do. Ooh. It's the most affordable meal at the airport. It has to be. Yeah, the beignets and that pretty much, right? Uh, my underrated, I actually changed it. So I'll use my one that I was going to use last week. Uh, On the way here, I was listening to the Counting Crows because I guess they're coming to New Orleans, so it's been hitting my email. The Counting Crows are good. (laughs) If that guy didn't have the douchiest haircut in the history of haircuts, I think they'd have had another five years of being popular. Adam Durst? but Adam Durvitz? Durvitz. But if Adam Durvitz (laughs) just looked like he wasn't a giant tool with a pinwheel for a head, I think people would be like, Mr. Jones is one of the greatest songs of the decade. Mr. Jones, a great song, Round Here, incredible song, Long December. These are good, like, timeless kind of songs, like ones you can karaoke to, ones you can put them on and everyone's going to be happy or sad, whatever whatever mood you're looking for. They have a song about Omaha that people play a lot around college baseball season. Uh, It's just a good band, and they are a band that no one talks about. I mean, no one gives a crap about the Counting Crows. And I'm convinced it's
1: 95% because of his haircut. I feel like Counting Crows is like a Red Rocks band. You know, like people don't really talk about Incubus that much anymore. But if they were going to play at Red Rocks, I think it would sell out. I feel like they're in the same conversation as like a Sister Hazel or a Gin Blossoms. And they're much bigger than them. Absolutely. We got Mr. Jones, Accidentally in Love, A Long December, Big Yellow Taxi. That was a big one when, yeah. when I was a teenager. Yeah. Round here is probably the first big one I knew about, and a lot. They have a new album. They have a brand new album out. Oh, that's going to be bad. Are they our sponsor? Is this why we're talking <laughs> about them? Go see the count. I think where were they playing? The Sanger. I got something for tickets. I don't know. That made
0: me feel like it was you know like the world was happening again. That was just nice. Hanging
1: around. Yeah, man. Colorblind.
0: Oh God. So I we were so it was a, f- a friend of a friend of an older brother. Came back from college and he went to some bad college that he didn't really like. And we were all sitting around like the room talking and he goes, hey, you guys ever just like listen to Colorblind by the Counting Crows and sit in your closet and think about
1: killing yourself? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Wait, no. No, that's not what we do. <laughs> that's one of those questions you answer. with Like, oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> man, this album is old. <laughs> Recovering the Satellites, 96. I was 11. Wow. But like those are like it feels as if they've been passed by in the 90s. Talk
0: about like some of these bands have like continued to sort of hang on to some cachet yeah. and the Counting Crows. And again, I'm just blaming his haircut more than anything.
1: So you, you your ideal tour, Counting Crows, Sean Mullen <laughs> yeah. singing lullabies, Eagle Eye Cherry. Uh-huh uh gin blossoms yeah. sister
0: hazel there you go and uh and uh, white snake <laughs> <laughs> but only 90s white snake <laughs> oh, yeah man so uh yeah give it a listen counting crows maybe you've heard of them they're a sponsor new show go listen <laughs> Cush oh. on Counting Crows. That'll be our next podcast in the uh, Poke and Kush Podcast Network. Uh, all right, everybody. That will take us into my favorite part of every single week on this here program The
1: Worst. The Worst. The Worst is the worst thing I saw were read this week. Again, you can send us these polkandcush at gmail.com. I don't have a story. This was not sent in. This haunted my Twitter timeline. A person named Laura Hogan, Laura underscore Hogan, who is now private on her account (laughs) due to this tweet. (laughs) (laughs) A teeny tiny inclusive language thing I've tried to get better at this past year is avoiding Northern Hemisphere specific seasonal language. Like instead of this summer, I say the months I mean. Or Q3, because it might be that season for me, but not that season for everybody. Hurricane, account- I didn't. I screenshotted that tweet because how could I not? But I did not follow this person. I say person because, you know, and I'm sure. <laughs> the replies to this were amazing because it was all Australians. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you're talking about the summer, it's winter here. People are like, Left out. yeah, instead of saying good night, <laughs> you know, I say good morrow of the dawn, possibly, depending on, this is where we're at now. Unbelievable. Identity politics has stretched to hemispheres. Who gets offended by the time? <laughs> It's one thing I get, you know, I get the pronouns I get he, she, yeah. they That's a lifestyle That makes sense That's what a person is That's what a person identifies If you are upset Because I, if I tweet Hey, it's 7pm in Louisiana <laughs> You're like, not in California, you motherfucker Insensitive jerk <laughs> you Supremacist Are you I'm- a
0: time supremacist? <laughs> Are you a
1: hemisphere? A so, uh, fundamentalist? Are you hemisphobic? <laughs> uh, God damn it! I hate people so yeah. much. It's it's just funny. Like, imagine somebody in an act. This is what happens when everything's great. Yeah, people come up with shit like that. There's like some guy like getting his head cut off in Bolivia right now, and that's the <laughs> last. Oh, yeah, this white lady wants us not to say AM or PM because... And then he gets his head cut off. He's like, oh, this poor white woman who definitely makes $80,000 a year selling baskets on Etsy. She's the real. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> she's the real hero oh yeah <laughs> she's
0: like, think about all the people's feelings she protected with that tweet. That was written with so little irony. It's incredible. If like the he, lack of yeah. just like it, the earnesty of in those words the earnestness I should say in those words uh, is just hilarious. There's nothing about that that's not funny. Oh my god.
1: Good morning. What did you say? <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Well, that'll take into
0: to my worst of the week. That was spectacular. Find The worst of your week. Yeah. <laughs> the week's
1: yeah, not over the- <laughs> everywhere.
0: Uh, the worst thing I saw or read this week. Uh, now, I was going to put a story in here about how. Uh, they're offering signing bonuses to strippers because they're having such problems finding strippers in New Orleans right now. Not they, me. Yeah, personally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. a, but then I was like, that's not really the worst. That's no, a good that thing. Rules. Strippers should be getting signing bonuses anyway. We should be paying the strippers their worth. Good for you, strippers. I hope this shortage makes you uh, you know, hit your market uh, for the club. Screw them. Uh, so anyway, good on you, strippers. So then t- instead what I'll do is go back... It's Old Faithful. Uh, this is from WWL TV. S and WB, the Sewage and Water Board, power fixes. Suffer setbacks due to the system's age and steel shortage. So a steel shortage, everything. There's a shortage of literally everything. Everything except dumb tweets, there is a shortage (laughs) of in America right now. Uh, And it turns out that our shit-ass infrastructure, once again, might have a problem. If you can believe it, the turbines... Uh, By the way, uh, we are now officially in hurricane season, and it's not as if any of these hurricanes ever hit us, right? You know, like we were only in the eye like 14 times last year. So. Good news. We were ready, up and ready to go. Uh, they said Turbine 4 is more than 100 years old and needs parts that no longer exist. Oh. No. <laughs> so they have to make them, and it will take approximately eight weeks. Eight weeks being the middle of hurricane season. So, you know, we won't have a turbine to power the entire system that drains the water from the streets in our city below sea level for, you know, the middle of hurricane season in the midst of a complete shit show that has been hurricane season for the last couple of years.
1: Do they just realize like they went to order the part on like <laughs> Hurricane and they're like out of stock. It's like what? Lowe's you don't have this? <laughs> Uh, I guarantee there's somebody at City Hall that gets paid $95,000 a year that called Home Depot and was like, hey, do y'all have a... Some super racist names yeah. Yeah. from like 120 <laughs> years ago.
0: <laughs> we're not going to pretend to say yeah. what what super racist <laughs> yeah. name came to my head. That's on the Patreon. Yeah, It's like, you know, some super racist word, Rod. And uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> they're like, uh, no, we haven't had that. And the reason is because it doesn't exist anymore. You're going to have to make that yourself. Yeah, you're going to have to make that yourself. Like, oh, great. Well, I guess we'll just have to call the steel company and see if they can send us some yeah. steel to make the racial slur Rod. And it's like, nope. We have a steel shortage. It's going to take you two months to get that piece of uh, developed. It's like, well, by then we'll be in the middle of hurricane season. Well, that's like the anniversary of Katrina is in eight weeks. It's like, oh, cool. Well, what could possibly go wrong? I can't imagine there'll be a problem. We're not going to need power for the turbines to actually run the pumps. Why would we need that? That seems completely. Well, there won't be power
1: because the hurricanes, you knock all the power out. (laughs) So why even have the part?
0: Uh, but you know, really, it's like maybe they'll drop the bill on the sewage and water
1: board now, right? Like maybe your bill will go down. The pla- the <laughs> the place that I lived at before I moved to the Bud Light with Mango Studio, the yes. Bud Light Lime Studio. Neighbors, friends of the show, texted me the other day. Yeah, two thousand dollar water <laughs> bill. <laughs> It's like it's like twenty two hundred dollars for five people across two places. Oh my god! Oh
0: my god! Yeah, they have no idea what they're doing. No, none, none. They have no idea what they're doing. Uh, listen, still buy a house. Call Jansen.
1: Buy a house in New Orleans. Call Jansen. It's gonna be awesome. You don't have to get water. <laughs> yeah. Like just just go to Costco. <laughs> Buy a bunch <laughs> Look You know who ha- you know who's a water company in New Orleans With reliable service Friendly folks A great website I'm being 100% serious Yeah Cantwood Springs That's true They're very good Very friendly Yeah Affable You can change your order on there They bring it to you every week Probably more than that if you want to L- Look Water's over Yeah <laughs> Water in your house is a thing of the past. Start (laughs) privatizing your water service. Get Kentwood Springs to be the only water in your home. That's true. Use it to bathe with.
0: Yeah. Well, I only shower when it rains. I just run outside (laughs) nude and start soaping up. That's my favorite Counting Crow song. (laughs) I only shower in the rain. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, So in addition, turbine five repairs. So there's five turbines uh, are being delayed. By the steel shortage, as well. "Quote: We know that fully modernizing our power generation system is key to the future of the agency and the city," said Gosson Corban, the executive.
1: Exe- <laughs> That's not a name.
0: <laughs> the executive director of SNWB and the guy who wants to yeah. hurl himself off of a bridge. That is why we're working tirelessly in coordination with energy to bring a substation to our Carrollton water plant. Why didn't anyone think of this 50 fucking years ago when these things first became out of date? I hate everything about the Supervision Water Board. They are the... they. Got to be the most incompetent people on planet Earth, and the fact they just are now realizing, like, oh man, we should have had a backup part in case something breaks, and the part doesn't exist anymore. Nah. Ah, God. All right, wrap us up. I'm too pissed off. This
1: is gonna be after. I tweeted at Cox a bunch about their dog shit service and how it's specifically targeting me and I don't need somebody to come out. They billed me the next fucking day. Like literally, we record on Tuesdays. They billed me on a Wednesday, which I've never been billed on before. You're going to get a bill tomorrow Mm -hmm. for this. I guarantee it. Mm -hmm. This has been Polk and Kush. We have a lot of fun on here. Uh, Give us a follow on Twitter at Polk and Kush. Email us, Polk and Kush at gmail.com. As I say every week, give us a like, give us a rating, give us a subscription, ask Alexa, ask Siri. She will play us automatically. We're on all the podcast services. If we missed one, let us know and we'll get on there soon. We're going to have a live event. I swear to God. (laughs) We're going to do it. it. Uh, I'm going to be at the Always Lounge this Saturday. I think it's at 7 p.m. Look it up on... Their website, probably. Yeah. Uh, If you want to come see me do comedy, going to have a lot more of that coming in the future. I am Andrew Polk. That's Scott Kushner. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. See ya!